Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention please as we go through the following safety instructions. In the event that there is a loss of cabin pressure, oxygen mask will drop from the overhead. Place the mask over your nose and mouth. Breathe normally as oxygen is flowing even if the mask does not This doesn't even. Well, you said talking about what? <laughs> Your homeless? <laughs> later. <laughs> get trapped on recording, bitch. Get trapped on the recording. No, I heard you all. No. You ain't slick. <laughs> you ain't slick, friend. Am I? Am I? Are you sure? Are you sure? I'm not? Sure. I was sure. recording for the last 15 minutes. Yeah, you I really wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Notification. <laughs> <laughs> Look, so you betraying me now? Okay, girl. Okay, I see how you want. To, I thought we were friends, and you just going to let people know when the recording starts. You're supposed to only let me know, okay? Even though I was anything like that's intimidating, huh? It says recording started or recorded ending. I know. I know. I just, she's just betraying me. That's all. It's okay. She's doing her job. That's her job. It's her job. It's illegal to court, report people without their permission. I know, but you are consented to being recorded. Mm, the first time? And the second, what? <laughs> you are not going to do this. <laughs> yeah anyway jaleesa's being a hype jaleesa's acting like she now I, i'm just going to switch up this uh situation because we're i'm not going to say that we had a whole last conversation before this so even though that's recorded too but anyways jaleesa over here acting like now she doesn't want to participate in this damn episode yes i'm gaslighting this hoe because i want to do that and this episode is also about mental health. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's going to be a clip later. Right. <laughs> no, all this getting cut out. You didn't even do the intro yet. Look, it's not getting cut out. That's the funny thing about it. It's not. Oh, all of this is going in the episode. Everybody's just like, so I'm going to start yet, nigga? Like, what the fuck are we doing here? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Okay, let us <clears throat> Anyway. We're here. We're here. Everything's yeah. good. <laughs> so, ooh, you okay? I thought my cat was by Oh, Lord. His side of the room. Look at that. Hey, bud. Not her cat is this in the room. This is my cat, y'all. His name is Holly. I have a cat. She's adorable. So, right now, Jaleesa has her pussy in her hands. Well, <laughs> <laughs> when you put it like that. <laughs> She's tickling her pussy. I'm going to keep going. <laughs> okay, while Jaleesa is playing with her pussy, I'm going to actually open the show. <laughs> this is why I cannot be a cat owner, y'all. This is literally the reason why I cannot be a cat owner. Uh, plus, they kind of creep me out. Uh, 
So hello, 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 everyone. Welcome to the Halilopi podcast, where we step out and talk about sexuality. This is your host, Vernon T. Scott, also known as Slater Jackson, and also known as Sebastian Adams, depending on how you found me. (laughs) So on today's episode, I have my friend from high school and still friend today, Jaleesa. How are you doing today? You're looking beautiful as always. Oh, thank you. I am beautiful. (laughs) Now she's smiling too much, y'all. I'm a little conceited, y'all. It's okay. You know, before Jaleesa uh, starts, because I I need to rectify some shit from last episode. No. The type of friend I was in (laughs) high school, I was the guy who literally told all his uh, female friends that you look beautiful today. No. no I did not I used to ask every female friend has anyone called you beautiful today if not you're beautiful I feel like Bernie called me an ugly hoe y'all that's what I feel like okay since you feel that way I'm gonna make sure I call you ugly hoe this episode I'm not (laughs) (laughs) she's beautiful y'all she is very beautiful um if you do not stop feeling yourself <laughs> in this book because you know your introduction is coming up i'm sorry but look okay what they have to understand is since we talked about part of last episode like i was pessimistic in high school so i literally thought i was the ugliest person in the world so yes now i feel myself yes oh my god now i think i'm the shit so y'all, since y'all cannot see her on camera, let me go ahead and, you know, let y'all know what she's wearing. She has this very beautiful blue shirt on. I love this owl necklace she got on. Her glasses are cute. They're curved. It's a, uh, I think that's teal. Is that teal? Yes, it is. Let me know in colors. And then she has these beautiful braids in her hair. Um, box braids. Well, not box braids. Um, I can't even tell what kind of braid there. Me neither, but they're cute. She has like some purple. I think that's more like fuchsia um, going down in some of the um, braids. I uh, see a little bit of, is that brown or is that blonde? It's like a pink color. Mm. So my camera's bad. Okay. It's like a rose gold. It's like black rose gold, like a fuchsia dark pink kind of color and some purple. Right. And then these earrings y'all so i know y'all know about you know the afro woman the black woman who looks so beautiful it's it's very colorful and is given what needs to be given and gave and will be given like that's what this these uh earrings are doing for her and I, i'm here for it and then she got her little beautiful smile going on no makeup she says she woke up like this and i'm just beautiful and i'm fabulous because bitch i am the js livings and yes. who the fuck is J.S. Livings? Now that we can finally get to your damn introduction. <laughs> okay, as some of y'all might know, I'm J.S. Living. Uh, my name is actually Jaleesa, but um, my book, my author name is J.S. Living. And I write books. I have The Covenant of Blood coming out real soon, June 21st. I wanted it to come out Juneteenth. No go. So it's going to be June 21st. Um, As I said last episode, I have a little bit about me. I have a bachelor's in anthropology and creative writing. And I have a math and MFA in writing from SCAD. So it comes after death. If you know, you know. If you don't, you're going to find out. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. You'll find out. Um, (laughs) And I'm not going to tell y'all where I work at, though, because that's kind of like, that's the pits. Hush, hush. 
um, as we stated earlier, I am a little conceited, John. I'm beautiful. Um, but yes, um, you can follow me on all my social media. I apparently failed to say this last time. So check me out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and I have a YouTube now, y'all. So it's going to be at the JS Living on all platforms. And you can also reach me on my website, www.thejsliving.com. Yes, and we're happy to have you with us here at the Holy Liqui Podcast. So <clears throat> I'm just kidding. I love you, Vernon. Jaleesa, I told you our last episode, <laughs> these hands are rated E for everyone. <laughs> I do not hit women, uh, everyone. I do not. I do not. No, not However, I will hit Jaleesa. <laughs> like I said, I don't hit women, but I will hit this woman, okay? <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm not a violent person. Um, <clears throat> huh? Nothing. They heard me. Mm You you been shady over there. That too, Brute. I said you throw them hands. I'm gonna throw hands back. Well, look, we'll be praising the Lord together then. <laughs> Put them high. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> So on today's episode, we are talking about mental health and relationships. So to start this episode off, um, Jaleesa, would you like to share with everyone uh, your journey with therapy? Um, yeah, y'all, therapy is, I mean, I know y'all can't see me. <laughs> forget this is a podcast, not a video. Y'all, therapy okay. Therapy is a one. It is the best thing that you could ever do for yourself. Even if you don't think you need therapy, go to therapy because you will learn so much about yourself. And a therapist is kind of like having a friend who gets paid to hear you without actually, you know, dumping everything on your actual friends. So mm. therapy's been good for therapy. Is, uh, I learned so much about me. I mean, a lot of stuff I already knew, but like I learned other things that I didn't know. And really, my therapist helps me with like all of my um, issues and stuff that I have, or not even issues really, but you know, just life stuff. You know, when life gives you lemons and you can't make lemonade, the therapist helps you make the lemonade. That's a nice way to put it. Uh, I know, even with myself, um, and therapy has changed my life a lot uh, and made me get to a position where. I truly focus on myself a lot more and not necessarily in a selfish way, but still in a selfish way where I can make sure I'm whole so I can show up for other people. Um, and <clears throat> that is a benefit that a lot of people don't often have because they either too afraid to go to therapy or they've um, been miseducated about therapy or they're scared. Like a lot of people are afraid to confront their own demons. But the great thing about going to therapy is that it helps you and gives you the tools to fight those demons that you hold within yourself um, that you might not even be able to uh, accomplish through just faith alone. And um, like it is good to have faith. It is good to pray on it, but it's also great and beneficial to have a professional to help guide you through those issues that you're going through. Um, 
So Jalisa, if you're okay with me asking, when did you start your therapy journey? All right. So y'all, therapy is a very long, rough road. I'm gonna start with that. Not to deter anybody, but you know, like I'm about to be real here. Right. So like my first ever experience with therapy, and I don't even remember it like super clearly. It's kind of a vague memory because I was young. It was in second grade. Like I think my dad had just passed away. And I I guess I had broken out crying in class. I, I vaguely remember crying in class. And I remember my second grade teacher told me, well, told my mom that I need therapy. And my mom was like, she don't need no therapy or something to that effect. Um, but I think I ended up having to go anyways, because they were like, if she doesn't go, she can't be in class or something like that. So I think I ended up having to go anyways. And I just, I don't remember that therapist being helpful at all. Like, I don't remember the exact experience, but I do remember, like, I did not want to be in there with whoever I was in there with. I was just like, I want to go play with my friends. Why am I <laughs> Why am I here? This is adult me looking back and then, you know, you know projecting. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm pretty sure as a kid, I was like, why am I here? Like, friends, class, recess. Let's go do the fun stuff. I got other priorities. Right, exactly. <laughs> With my seven-year-old self. Are you seven in second grade? I don't even know how old. It's about that age. Seven, eight. Anyways, so that was my first experience. Second experience with therapy also wasn't feeling it, Vernon. Mm. Wasn't feeling it. I was in middle school. And again, y'all, I wasn't the brightest, like, bubbliest. I should say brightest. I wasn't the bubbliest person in elementary or middle school because I got made fun of, like, every single day. And I didn't like people. And I was really like, all y'all can just go back. Like, just go back. Leave me alone. Mm. I don't like you. Y'all don't like me. Leave me alone and just don't. So anyways, um, I remember, and this, I think these are two separate incidents. I remember one day I was like at the bus stop and I had this notebook of like, all, I was a writer even then. So I would write little stories about students that I didn't like. And like, I remember one day at the bus stop, like the kids at my bus stop stole my notebook. They ripped the stories out of the notebook and threw them down the sewage drain because our bus stop was at sewage drain. They threw them down the sewage drain. And I remember it was raining that day also. So all the papers got wet. So I had to collect them all and put them back in the notebook or whatever. And then they had the audacity to laugh. Well, not laugh about they were They were upset because the stories were about them and how I wanted them to just go die in the forest with very gruesome deaths. I mean, their heads and their torsos are like on the trees and stuff. It was, y'all, it was bad. It was bad. Very dark child. The Holiloquy podcast focuses on the variability of sexual expression. When it comes to sexual expression, we often depend on pornography to illustrate how one must perform sexually. For those who have not learned this by now, the stuff you see in porn is not real. Pornography provides a singular perspective of sexual expression that is not often the reality we see during our own sexual encounters. The Holiloquy Podcast is a conversation that takes you outside of the compressed box of what many know about sex. Some of the topics we discuss includes kinks, condom usage, status disclosure, and past sexual experiences. The Holiloquy Podcast steps out on sexual norms and recognizes that the norm is not the only normal. Subscribe today and join the conversation.
windows or like on the trees and stuff. It was y'all. It was bad. It was bad. Very dark child. Very. I was dark. I ain't look. I ain't gonna lie. I was dark. Um, but anyways. So an, on a separate occasion, the same notebook, the same stories. I might have updated some stories though. Um, I think one of my, the one of my actual classmates in my class like found the stories, and I think I think I was like away from my desk because we were doing something or whatever, and I guess somebody was rifling through my stuff while I was like out of the classroom, and so like, they found the stories and then they took it to my teacher. And told my teacher that I was writing stuff about them. My teacher read it and she was like, so off to therapy for you. Mm. And I was just like, first off, why, why are they not getting in trouble for going through my stuff? Ain't nobody going to come over here and go through my stuff. That was not for them. This is my way of calming myself down. Y'all piss me the fuck off. Like, let me have this. But the other thing they found in there was like, I think I have wrote like a letter to myself talking about like, you know, I'm so ugly and I'm not pretty and nobody mm-hmm. likes me and I hate life and, you know, all the dark, depressing things you say when you get made fun of every day at school. <clears throat> so that was the other reason they sent me to therapy. And then the therapist was like, well, why do you feel this way? And I'm like, because everybody is telling me this. Like, I'm like 13. <laughs> right. This nobody this is my like, reality. This is what I'm fi- uh, facing <laughs> every single day. This, right. this is what I know. <laughs> now, what's your class making your friends tell you when you're 13? Like, that's what you're going to believe. Anyway, mm-hmm. so, she ain't helped me. I ain't like that therapist either. I was just like, ugh, I don't want to come see you no more. So I pretended like I was okay to get out of this so I didn't have to go back. <laughs> mm. I was still writing stories, though. Look, still writing stories. <laughs> uh, like, <clears throat> I'm going to pause and we can oh, continue. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's, saddening to uh hear about how i will say at least the system uh failed you twice in that matter uh, because this is something that i'm learning through my program that uh previously uh, <laughs> i don't know why but everyone was treating children um the same way that they'll try to treat a adult in terms of therapy or even uh helping them with whatever issues that they're going through rather than catering to that student, um, figuring out what's going on at home, what's going on in the classroom without, you know, making the child themselves feel like there's an issue with them. There's a possibly an issue with everything else that's surrounding that child to make them feel the way that they are feeling. And that's actually a push that is now a little bit more prevalent when it comes to uh, therapy. Well, at least within my, um, scope of uh, future practice is that we are starting to look into the outside impact forces that impact the child or impact the family impact adults and whatnot so yeah the system failed you multiple times in that matter and like even when it comes to writing um dark stories uh you have to look at because this was a conversation i had with the uh, professor back in uh, undergrad is Mm -hmm. that is it possible to gain insight on a person's lived experience based off of what they uh write and my professor she literally was like no (laughs) because sometimes what you write is just artistic expression sometimes what you write is a way for you to vent so yeah it can give you a small nugget 
but it's not going to tell you exactly what's really going on. It's not going to really tell you what's impacting them. It's not really going to show you exactly what their trauma is going to be. And um, back in those days, I was like, girl, you don't know what you're talking about. But in, <laughs> now that I've educated myself a lot more, I see why she says that. Because I can write a story about um, um, something very violent that I uh, metaphorically uh, felt or experienced, but I've never been in that place. I've never experienced that violent event. Uh, and that's not a trauma of mine. That's just a creative expression. And even with what you were doing, that was a way for you to vent. Doesn't indicate that you're going to be suicidal. It doesn't indicate that you're actually going to harm other people. It's just, I need something to make me feel comfortable or make me uh, feel a little bit better. And the thing that's making me feel better is killing these little kids off that are making my life a living hell. So why don't I put them in a position where they're experiencing some of that hell that I'm going through, but, you know, go a little bit step further and kill them off because I'm tired of experiencing this on a regular basis. But this is kind of me talking to that little kid and you. And not- Oh, yeah, no, no, you're exactly right. You're very <laughs> cathartic as a kid, like super cathartic. Like, I'll, like to this day, like I express myself through writing. Like if mm-hmm. I'm feeling some kind of way, like I will go and write something that kind of like expresses that in its own way. Or sometimes it's drawing or, you know, whatever it is. It could be a song. It could just be me dancing, whatever it is. Sometimes it, it uh, results in like, um, you know, what's it called? Uh, retail therapy. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I just go buy stuff to make myself feel better. You know, it's the wrong way to like get the catharsis i agree i mean the wrong way well you know like excessive of doing things excessively is a wrong way to go about it but just good point you know doing them like a couple of days you know that's fine so i guess there is a wrong there is a wrong way to do it but it's only wrong if you're harming yourself or someone else facts um you're not harming yourself or someone else there's no wrong way. <laughs> so to continue uh, into your journey, we're at middle school. Uh, were there any therapy sessions in high school or was that later on when you had your- No, yeah, no, I didn't go to no therapy in high school. <laughs> I probably <laughs> needed to, but you already know the answer, Vernon. Child, yes, you definitely did go to therapy in <laughs> I probably school. needed oh it. I didn't go. No, I didn't go back to therapy again until grad school actually I probably could have gotten some therapy in undergrad um but I didn't go because I was actually dealing with my partner's mental health issues at the time so I was trying to focus on him and get him more to where he needed to be because I actually felt like I was in a pretty decent place um in most of college like that's when I started feeling myself I started like figuring out ways to help myself so I didn't feel like I needed to go to therapy then Mm. but what changed is in grad school I started having panic attacks and anxiety attacks out of nowhere so the panic attacks and the anxiety attacks they concerned me because I was like what's happening where's this coming from so I was like you know what I'm gonna do the thing that I haven't done in a minute I was like I'm gonna try therapy again to see if this can help now mind you before that I had gone so I went to grad school at SCAD which is in Atlanta and uh, my doctors and stuff were still in Augusta. So mind you, before I went to that therapist, I went to, I don't remember if I went to the doctor first or the therapist first. I think I went to the doctor first. 
Um, and I told the doctor my symptoms and she prescribed me fluoxetine. Fluoxetine would make me very tired and stuff. So I'd be like falling asleep in class and I had to explain to my professor that. I had to explain to my professors that I wasn't ignoring them. I was just tired because I had to take a new medication and my body had to get used to it. Um, but the fluoxetine was for like anxiety and depression or whatever. Um, so it was kind of helping, but not really. But I was like, let me give it like 30 days because, you know, it takes a while for something new in your body to start working. So I was like, okay, let me see if this will work. So I started going to therapy. I actually liked my therapist at SCAD because uh, SCAD, while they do some things wrong, uh, the thing they do get right is that they have a, they have a gym on campus and they have a therapist on campus. So if you need to like burn off some steam or if you need to like get your mind right and you do that through exercise and you can go to the gym. And if you need to get your mind right through like talking, go to therapist um and you don't have to pay to go to the therapist because it's included in your tuition so that is one thing that I really loved about SCAD so I went to go see a therapist for essentially free or you know pay for through my tuition and that therapist actually helped me learn some stuff about myself um she helped me she helped kind of explain where the panic and anxiety attacks were coming from so she was explaining that I was just stressed the hard thing though was keeping up with the appointments because of like my school and my work schedule. They didn't always mesh well together. So trying to see her on a regular just kind of became a headache. Um, and then by the time I graduated, obviously I wasn't afforded that service anymore. So then so then I stopped going to therapy again. But I was, but that experience was like the most positive one that I had. So I was like, okay, now I know that if I need to go to therapy, like by that point I learned it's all about who your therapist is mm. not every therapist is going to be the therapist for you. you really have to shop around you can't go to just one therapy appointment with one therapist and think all your issues are going to magically disappear that's not how it works therapy is work therapy takes time like you got to find the right one and the right one for me might not be the right one for you um, mm -hmm. for you to determine and then obviously, you know, you have different factors you want to look for. Certain therapists specialize in certain things. Um, for me, race plays a big factor. Like if I'm going to a therapist, I prefer for it to be a Black woman, just because I feel like a Black woman can understand. They might not have the same experiences as me, but I feel like they can understand a lot more of my experiences than someone else, you know? So that for me is important. That might not be important for other people. Um, I don't know. You can interject right now before I continue the <laughs> So, well, um, what I will um, highlight, at least for those individuals who might might be in school right now uh, in the college, definitely utilize that service because a lot of uh, campuses do offer that as a attached to tuition free service um, <laughs> to their students, uh, but. Uh, like most definitely if you are someone uh, of the black community um, and this is because of what we've been told in terms of therapy and what how we have been indoctrinized in this country that therapy just seems like is never an option for us it's always an option it is an option that I recommend you taking because it does benefit your life overall but like if you are on campus 
find out who the therapists are. Uh, hopefully there's a therapist that looks like you. If not, that doesn't mean that they cannot help you. Uh, in addition to that, if you're not on campus, you have uh, services that's available to you that, through your insurance. Look into that. If you have insurance, there's also other uh, avenues such as, um, you know, BetterHelp is one. They're not sponsoring this. Uh, if y'all want to, you know, you can, <laughs> you know, cut a check. But that's actually how I met my most recent uh, therapist, uh, Eddie. Fucks with you, man. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Brought me from a very dark place to where I'm at now. Uh, and like, that's a service. You have Teladoc. That's another service that uh, you can Teladoc use. Teladoc is the service that I use. So uh, shout out to Renika. <laughs> you are a Black woman and you need a therapist. Like, Renika got you, most likely, as long as you can send to her schedule. I don't know. Sometimes that schedule will be filling up fast. I think Look. I Look, uh, I guess she's not good at her job. But, uh, I say, Eddie, Black man, and the man is brilliant. The man is extremely brilliant. Like, um, you really do have to shop around for your uh, therapist. Like, my first therapist, she wasn't bad, but I also knew that she wasn't the therapist for me when she made the statement that, you know, sometimes in our sessions, I feel like you're the therapist. And I was like, oh, girl. <laughs> no. <laughs> that's, no. That's not how this <laughs> It's not. That's not how this works. You never told me that. Like, even though she, I think that was her trying to, you know, provide information. Like, yes, she will make an excellent therapist, but at the same time, Mel, that's not how we do that. (laughs) I'm like, so what you say? I'm paying you to like, for I'm paying you to meet with me so I can be your therapist. Right. What? (laughs) <laughs> that's not working the math ain't math in the way that needs to math but uh, <laughs> if you if um therapists they do work on a sliding scale which is a great benefit um something else that some people uh, might be interested in because i do uh life coaching uh, life coaching is not therapy let me just say oh. that again life coaching is not therapy but if that's something that you can afford, that can at least help you figure out what, how to find balance. That is also a service that's offered through Slater's Playhouse. Lincoln uh, for that info will be in the uh, you know show notes. But if you, that's a service that you can use if you are looking to figure out how you can find balance or figure out how you can make some kind of change or even find purpose in life. Uh, you can always go to one of them until you're able to get to a point where you can afford your own therapist. But definitely, if you need therapy, go to a therapist first so you can deal with whatever traumas you have in the past, whatever things that are impacting you right now. Um, just a few self-help tips um, that might help somebody. Shadow work is um, beneficial. Journaling is beneficial, like little uh, Jaleesa out here um, journaling about her, <laughs> her experiences. <laughs> like yes. that is actually beneficial. It helps you. It's cathartic as fuck, y'all. I'm telling look, you. Look, you know. tell the bitches in the story. I'm just look. <laughs> <laughs> in the stories, please. And only in the stories only in your stories please don't be that person that takes this the wrong way and goes this in the story in the stories fictional story. not Fiction. reality right we're not saying go out here and fight people kill people no no you can do that stuff in a story 
In the story only. In the story yeah. only. I mean, look, I just feel like we have to emphasize this. Look, sixth grade reading level girl. That's the average. I don't right. know. I do not know everybody that's listening to the show <laughs> in the stories. Fiction in the stories only. Look, for context. In your journal. <laughs> for context and comprehension in the stories. Okay. Very important note. Very important. Make sure that's in the show notes. Right. <laughs> that's what be the name of the uh, episode. Only in the stories. <laughs> I probably might not do that, but if I that's can't find title. anything else, that will be the title. <laughs> but like, um, mm-hmm. I, I didn't mean to. Oh, but um, yeah. If you can't find a therapist or if those other methods aren't working for you, please call. Or and if you feel like you're gonna harm yourself or someone else. Please call suicide prevention hotline. Like, please. please call them. And just I don't know the number off the top of my head, like some people do, but I'm sure you can play the show notes for y'all. Like, oh no, I don't need to, girl. I have my recording. Uh, I'll oh, put the recording at the end of this episode. Oh, yeah, that's right. The end of the episode. I forgot. <laughs> yes, okay. So if you need it, go to the end of the episode and call the suicide prevention hotline. Look. Please do, because your life matters. Your life is important, and you are a valued person. This is why I typically say I love you all, because it's a genuine love that I'm sending to you all. And I need people to understand, There's if no one around you loves you, you can know that Vernon T. Scott loves you for who you are, because you are loved, and you are loved by someone. Now, love yourself, too. And that is its own journey, but... Mm. You can get there. You can get there. You Therapy helps. There. <laughs> it does. That is that's the product of the episode. Therapy helps. <laughs> and only in the stories. I feel like even through that conversation, we just moved up to where you are in today when it comes pretty to much. therapy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So, um, so, mm-hmm. All right. So, like, as an adult, like, you know, grad school is. Oh, we hear that graduate, Vernon. 2018. No, I'm not asking you. I'm thinking 2018. So I haven't, so I actually didn't go to therapy between 2018 and 2020. So I started going back in 2021. That's when I found, like I said, my therapist on Teladoc, Lanika. Um, very good therapist. I love you, girl. Yes, I love her so much. She does. So much with helping me. Um, she helped me through my situation with my uh, partner or previous partner. Yeah, if y'all, know, if y'all don't know, these episodes are pre-recorded. So <laughs> we're somewhere in the line. Of we're somewhere in the line between <laughs> current and post. <laughs> somewhere between current and previous partner, like. Uh, but I don't know what's going to be going on by the time this airs. So, <laughs> so we're in the gray area. So this <laughs> this gray motherfucker. There we go. That's that's going to be <laughs> this gray person. <laughs> right, we're living in the gray. Right. So anyway, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, uh, my oh yeah, you got. Let's go gray. So the gray person and I were going through some stuff. 
Um, and so I was like, I need some therapy because like, I am not in a good place right now. Y'all, it was so bad. Like I was, it was getting to the point where I was having like two to three drinks a night. Now, granted, it's not a danger unless you're having like four or more. Um, but like the fact that it was like almost, it wasn't every day, but it was like almost every day. Like that's like, I was like, I'm in a bad place. So like I cut down obviously, cause you know, I'm just like, ain't nobody trying to be an alcoholic over here. That's too much work. So I actually, I actually am at a point in my life where I know if I'm doing something a little too much and I'm like, okay, like I've done a self-introspection to know that this is not okay. And it's time to seek other help. So I sought other help. Um, and I just look for the first black therapist I could find on Teladoc because it's paid for through my insurance. And I went ahead and set up my appointment. I was kind of disappointed because I hoped the appointment could happen the same day because I really needed to talk to somebody on that day. Um, but Teladoc, if you don't know, has like a two day or 24, it's like a 24 to 48 hour waiting period. Mm-hmm. I think it's 48 hours before you can actually see a therapist. So you can book it, but you can only book it like two days out. Um, so I had to wait two days to actually talk to her. And from that first conversation, I was like, this is the therapist for me because she's already asking me the questions. She's already giving me stuff to think about. And like, she's already just giving me some resources and tools. Y'all, a good therapist will ask you open-ended questions. They won't interject their opinions. They'll give you time to think about it yourself. A good therapist will have you questioning things about yourself or questioning things about those around you. Literally their job is just to get you thinking in different perspectives that you didn't think about before. And that's what helps you like come to whatever decisions or conclusions you need to make. Um, so I was seeing her like, at first I was like, let's do every two weeks. But because of, because I was just in a really dark place, I was like, we're gonna do every week um, until I feel like we can go back to two weeks. So she really helped me out of that dark place. But the reason things were so dark is because I don't know how many people know this. I feel like it should be well known by this point, but you know, people sixth grade level, right? We're in like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. sixth grade education level. Y'all, women can't do it all. We cannot work full-time jobs, have our side hustles, go to work, clean up and cook and clean and take care we can't do it all god forbid look i'm one of the lucky ones so i don't have kids so god forbid you also have kids but then you gotta deal with that aspect too people expect women especially black women to do it all and you can't like that's such a toll on our mental health it's such mm-hmm. a toll on us and then when you come around and you say things or you like project your issues onto us on top of everything else we have to deal with. Plus add to that, if you already, you know, are in a fragile mental state yourself as a person, like that's a lot, y'all. Mm-hmm. Like that's a lot, a lot. And you just, it don't work. It don't. <laughs> so I need y'all to recognize that like women, I mean, nobody can do it all, but I just feel like black women are especially told like, oh, you have to do it all because for whatever reason, we're just seen as like stronger people. We ain't stronger than nobody else. We also have our breaking points. But sometimes hitting that breaking point is when we go off the rails. Like y'all want to talk about angry black women? That's why, because y'all just put too much stuff on us or you expect mm-hmm. all this stuff. You know, th- uh, oh, what were you saying? 
Oh, I was just going to say one other thing. And then I know all men, look, I'm not saying all men, but you men out there who be thinking that your significant others are your mothers and should be doing all the things while you sit on your ass and do absolutely nothing. That's why these women be leaving y'all asses. And I will add, God forbid, y'all broke. God forbid you broke and you ain't doing nothing to help in the house. That's literally the issues that the gray person now are having. Like, it's okay if you broke and you're helping to do the things, that's fine. Or if you make money and maybe you don't help as often, but you know, you, you try to do one or two things just to help out, that's okay. But you can't expect your partner to do everything, everything and you're broke and you're not helping because that's what made me hit my breaking point. That's why I was in a dark place. And that's why I now have a therapist. Um, but even, but I'm not in that dark place anymore. Like I'm doing much better now. So now that I'm doing much better, I'm still going to keep my therapist. And I'm still going to see her every two weeks up until I feel like I can go down to once a month um, to check in just because I feel like a therapist is there to help you, not just when you're having bad times, but they should be there for the celebrations too. Especially when they did all that hard work to get you out of the dark place. Mm. You know, they want to see your triumphs and your successes they want to hear your good news and therapy is really there to help you manage so that things don't get back to the dark place so even if you're in a good place go see a therapist because exactly. they'll help you manage like the good things and the bad things wait till you get to that dark place not the best idea well i agree 100 which reminds me i need to make sure <clears throat> i schedule a meeting with eddie well this is like next year during uh when i first uh started my meetings with him one to be like thank you for where you um brought me through and also just do you know a general check-in because you know those are also needed but that's why i said like, like once you're in a good place once a month just check in mm-hmm. like um and i i'm happy that you mentioned uh about the waiting period <laughs> to get uh to get a therapist because that exists uh on multiple um resources like even on better help even when it comes to if you are on a college campus you cannot expect that you will automatically have a uh, a therapy meeting a therapy session that day or the day after sometimes it can be weeks because you never know how backlog the therapists are therapists are important they are very important uh not enough are being trained or even uh not being trained, meaning there's not enough people in therapy programs to fit the needs of what we need in the society, because everybody needs a therapist. Um, But I like what you um, brought up about, um, you know, the great partner in terms of the what was lacking in the relationship because a lot of people do a a lot of men in general um do focus on what we have been taught in terms of oh the woman is supposed to handle everything in the house or the woman is supposed to handle the kids and all that that is idiocy that is not that is not helping any situation i'll get if you're making enough money and you can you know afford to have a stay at, uh, to yeah. have that lifestyle where you have a stay at home wife or a husband wherever the case may be then yeah like you have to think about where you are financially where you are in your partnership and what what factors are playing a role uh if you're going to have such a rule that you want your spouse to be at home while you do all the working then make sure you're able to afford the house 
the home, your social living, all the things that you all will need, even if that's like uh, money to go on a trip, wherever the case may be. But you also have other people who are not looking for that. So know who you are engaging with and know what where you are financially and know who you are as a person before you engage into some kind of partnership with someone that is not necessarily going to fit the desire that you want or the aesthetic that you need in that relationship. And like no one person should be, if you're looking for a partnership, should be doing everything for you. Right. Like that is draining. That's the stuff that really breaks people. And that, Mm -hmm. and again, like this episode is like mental health and relationships. So that's why I felt like I needed to bring it up. And what like your partner can very much affect your mood, especially if you live together, like the great person at the time, like when he was in a down mood, like when he was down, like it affected my mood. Like normally Mm -hmm. I'm like happy, bubbly, like I'm at like level 10, like excitement. And then if he's down, like that level 10 will drop real quick to like a level five or it would anyway. So like, just keep in mind that, like, your vibes, what you're putting out, it can affect your partner. And so when you're putting out bad vibes and you're expecting the partner that you're putting the bad vibes out too to do all the things, like, that's just not a good combo. Um, and like you said, like, if you're making the money to, like, hire somebody to help keep the space clean, that's fine. But again, like, don't put it all in one partner. That's where a lot of people make their mistakes. That's where we made our mistake Um, because, you know, like you think, you know, somebody and you think they're going to change or they'll say they'll change and then they don't change. And then slowly over time, like you just keep whittling and whittling and whittling until you're just like, okay, I can't do this anymore. And then it's a big blow up and it didn't have to be. Mm. And I I think about uh, a conversation I had with someone else who's going to be on a different episode. Uh, His name is Tyrell. Um, I'm quite sure the episode aired before this one uh, even comes out, but um, we had a conversation about um, being in different chapters. Uh, This was in his intake meeting, and he mentioned how, like for himself, it's fine for uh, him and his partner, you know, to be in uh, on different pages as long as everybody's in the same chapter. Um, So that means you can always catch up. You know, you're not too far behind. We're just on different pages, but if we're in different chapters, that's uh, the metaphor I gave you. I got oh yeah, you so you did tell me that too. You did tell me that. That's the metaphor I got from my sister. Oh, see, so everybody is looking at. Did, did this come out on the red table talk or some shit? Like, <laughs> like where did this come from? But well, yeah, like, you did. Know it's, it's not real, so you know maybe. Maybe they know each other. Who knows? <laughs> that is funny. That is funny. Yeah. I can't believe I forgot that you told me that too. I did. Because oh. she told it to me. And I was like, that's like a near perfect metaphor. Right. Yeah. Uh, like that. You guys are in the same chapter of your lives. You can be, mm-hmm. and look, please be, definitely be in the same book. Please don't be in two different books. <laughs> <laughs> not two saying, different books, some of y'all boy. probably out there in two different books look but you're right you're right <laughs> please, the be prove the same, that. please be in the same book in the same chapter 
child that that's hilarious but you know you you're right you do need right. to be in the same book you cannot I be thought, in book one huh i thought about that later i was like you know what sometimes we weren't even in the same book look i'm over here in anatomy and you're over here in sociology i'm on chapter 10 you're on chapter 10 but guess what we're not aligning why not <laughs> <laughs> we're in the same chat the same page what the fuck is going on oh i'm in a whole nother book what you in anatomy the fuck is anatomy <laughs> wow like you over there capturing the rock <laughs> <laughs> over <laughs> oh god yes lord oh, oh god. Man. but yeah. like you really do have to like focus on not not focus but look at who you are entering into these relationships with and even outside of that it's just being willing to grow in a relationship a person needs to be willing to make that change too i'm sorry i was not cut you off yes growth is so important because again another thing between me great person is like i'm growing upward trajectory and that person just wanted to stay, or I'm not going to say they wanted to, because I don't like to assume things about people. I'm going to say it felt like they mm. wanted to stay in the same place. So they weren't growing, or at the very least, I can say they weren't growing with me. So even if they wanted to, like, I don't, again, I'm not going to assume. So we just going to keep it at, I was growing and they weren't growing with me. And mm. that is definitely like something you got to think about in a relationship. You want to be with somebody who's going to grow with you and change with you and not stagnate, you know? And like if some, and I will say, like they did tell me that they were holding me back, but I also feel like if you feel like you're holding your partner back, maybe do what you need to do to boss up and be the partner that they deserve. Like instead of just using... Because yes. again, I'm not going to speak badly on this person, but I'm just, I really just felt like it was a cop out to say, I'm just not the best partner for you. I, because I, I'm I, like, nobody's going to be a perfect partner. Like it's all about growth and learning and figuring out things together. And the moment you stop wanting to do that, that's the moment your relationship and your mental health can crumble. Because yeah. now- Cause now not, cause now that's when you're literally drift. Like we said, that's when you drifted from this, like from the same chapter to different chapters and eventually to different books. So. I agree 100% there. Like that, that brings back to a conversation I had with a former partner where uh, I, I literally was like, well, okay. So the situation that happened was that they were saying that I deserve better and um, you know who I am. Uh, and I'm very direct with people. So I was like, okay, I'm glad that you can identify that I deserve better. So with you making that statement, that means that you know what I deserve. So are you going to step up to that? <laughs> exactly. At the point, at that point, they agree. Yes, I'm willing to step up to that. But over time, it never showed. And right. that's why, you know. And that was my situation. <laughs> like, literally the same situation. Like, and again, like, it probably sounds really bad to say. And again, I really, I'm really not trying to speak negatively on this person because mm-hmm. they're, you know, I really hope they find happiness and I really hope they find what they're looking for. But I really feel like that was just a cop out. Like, grow with your partner. Like, yeah. you want to talk about what's going to help with your mental health and relationship. It's being able to talk about your problems 
not holding stuff in, not holding it back, making sure that you are on the same page or again, at least in the same chapter. That way you can figure out how to move on from your issues or whatever together. Um, and if you can't do that, then maybe you shouldn't be together, you know? I'm not trying to break nobody up out there, but I'm just saying like, it's something to think about. Yeah, you're that, no, that's a solid point because it's like, there's a point where you actually do have to look at your relationship and exactly where it's at. And like you said, it's not to break you up, but to reflect on, hey, have that conversation. What's going on with you? This is what's going on with me. I want to talk about it. I want to see what we can do about fixing it. That's why, you know, you have relationship counseling. You have relationship, well, marriage and family therapy. You have a lot of resources out here. Relationship coaching, also a service provided by Slayer's Playhouse Club. But, you know, (laughs) might as well. But like, you have all these resources available to you to help you guide yourselves through that conversation of how you can elevate your relationship. But if you can see that you two have grown so far apart that there's no reason for you to be together, then don't be together. And it's okay. It's okay not to be together with your high school sweetheart. It's okay to no longer be with your former husband, wife, um, what are, um, uh, civil union partner, whatever the case may be, it is perfectly fine to go out there to find someone else that you connect with a lot more that's more on your level. And that's not to say that that other individual is beneath you or anything. It's just that they're not meeting you where you need to be and you're not meeting them where they need to be. And that's just that. Yeah. Huh? And as I added so, if you love it, sometimes the best thing to do is to let that shit Oh. right it's not said exactly like that but literally let that shit go mm-hmm. um and I think that's literally one of the problems I had like I just didn't want to let go and at a certain point I had to be like okay you're not changing and you're not meeting me and enough is enough so we're either gonna work through this together or we're not gonna work through it at all and I'm, I mean I'm not going to say, I don't, I don't know if it's fortunate or unfortunate. Like, I don't really know which way to put it, but the point is like that person, they just decided that they didn't want to work on it. And I'm not going to, like I told you before, Brandon, like I wasn't going to sit there and try to work for something when somebody else don't want to work for it. Look. Like, you know, people say that like, you know, a relationship should be 50, 50. Actually that's false. It should be a hundred, a hundred, you know, it should be a hundred, a hundred. Or, you know, like if you give 60 one day and somebody else gives 40 another day, like that can combine to make your 100% or whatever. But really at the end of the day, it's really 200% because there's two people. Right. So, you know. I agree. And, um, and like, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, what were you saying? I was going to say, you're not always going to be on the same level of what you can give. Like that's just impossible. You're not both going to be at 100% all the time. But mm-hmm. the point is, it shouldn't always be this person giving 110 and then you're over here giving like five, right? Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> and that's the situation I felt like I was in. Like, I, was, I felt like I was giving 110 and they were giving five. Now, again, that could be an exaggeration. Maybe they were giving more. Maybe mm-hmm. they were giving less. Like, I'm, that's not for me to say. But the point is, we weren't both like at a equitable level Mm -hmm. 
And I, I want to add, because I, I love that you are, um, you continue to defend the great person because that, that shows that you still care and have love for the person. And that's how I would love to see a lot of conversations happen when it does come a, a, around someone that you've been intimate with, been a partner with, because you, it doesn't have to be toxic. Like wow. the way that you're speaking about um, the great person is applicable. Like it's just, we were together, we had issues, this is what it is. This is where I felt. This is does not invalidate that person's uh, experiences because they still have their own valid experiences. And that is, that's growth overall. And that's a point where a lot of people have to get to most definitely when it comes to their past experiences with their uh, former partners, be it baby mama drama, baby daddy drama, whatever the case may be, is being able to let it go still be able to love that person, know that you had faults, they have faults, the relationship is a fault or not a fault, whatever the case is. But knowing that like you show love by letting other people do what they want to do for themselves. Like in in my previous relationship, I think right now my ex has a whole nother partner and I'm happy for that. Like, I'm not going to be stuck on the fact that, oh, we could we could have gotten back together or I want to get back together with them. No, I'm just happy that you're out here still living your life and finding happiness in this world. That's where we need to be uh, uh, on a societal level when it comes to people that we've been intimate with in the past and we're no longer with them is to see them and be joyous and glad that they're able to find happiness. I get if somebody harmed you or really hurt you and you want to see something bad happen to them, I get that, that's a valid feeling. But think about what happens when you let that go and just wish them well. How much of that moment that they had goes away, huh? Doesn't apply to rapists and murderers though. It does actually. There has been people who uh, actually. I mean, I'm not saying I'm not saying you shouldn't let it go. I'm saying like it's. It takes time. It does yeah. take time. It I'm takes. Saying time. <laughs> I'm saying that's, that's harder. I'm it's harder. That's harder. It's definitely harder. But there, there it is possible because I even remember this one court case where this uh, mother, her son, was murdered by um, this dude, and she was at the trial. She actually sat and talked to him, uh, figured out what happened. He was guilty. And um, she actually pleaded with the court to give him less time than what they were going to give him. And uh, I think they gave him life and she cried for him. Um, She saw her son in him by knowing that even though her son was there at the wrong, uh, you know, wrong place, wrong time, but she hurt for him because she saw the humanity in him that that child was someone who was lost, some child that did not have a parental figure to love him the way that she loved her son. So she wanted to be there to provide that for him. And they literally came together and cried before they took him behind. My emotionally stunted behind back then wanted to cry so much <laughs> from watching that scene, but like it, it happens. Um, it's, it's all about the forgiveness of it all. It does hurt. It does take a lot of time. It takes work, but the forgiveness is, the pos- is still possible. Oh, I'm not saying not to forgive them. I'm mm-hmm. saying that's hard to let go. Yeah. You can forgive and not let go because you don't want, because sometimes you don't want to make the mistake of completely forgetting it because you don't want to repeat the same mistakes twice. So 
here's my pushback on that. You can forgive, you can forgive, but not forget. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's where I'm at on that. Well, that's, like, I guess in this instance, I was thinking of let it go as forget. And I'm like, mm-hmm. nah, you can't always forget things. Like, yeah. You like, don't want to repeat the same mistake. You have to remember for actions to see if somebody changed. Like, let's say somebody's a, a habitual cheater, right? Mm-hmm. And you forgive them uh, and they change their ways. But three months from now, or even three years from now, you're bringing up that incident where they uh, cheated and you kept saying that you forgave them. You never forgave them because yeah. you won't let it go. Right. You can still remember right. they cheated, but if you're going to throw that in their face, you never forgave them. Right. But on the flip side, if you have somebody in that same situation, but they don't change and they habitually do it, mm-hmm. you forgave them that first time, but you didn't forget it. And so when they do it again, then you can be like, you did this again and that's not cool. Yeah. So that's that's where, you know, you don't want to forget necessarily. Yeah. It's, uh, I would say the... Because we're saying the same thing, pretty much. We are. It's like the, I, again, um, I think I got your let it go. I uh-huh. think I made it synonymous with forget. <laughs> I was like, no. Yes. <laughs> we have to get nothing. Keep, but, don't keep tally, yeah. but you better remember. <laughs> let it go as forgive. So yeah. if you meant let it go as in forgive, like, yes, we're saying the same thing. Yes. Yeah. So um, speaking of forgiving, I feel as though it's time to get into a little bit of that never have I ever okay that little oh and just to let you know uh you're definitely getting the sets question since i didn't get to ask that um in our last episode so oh, <laughs> <laughs> this was mm, uh, this is interesting um hmm. Hmm. so miss the js livings uh-huh. um never have i ever mm-hmm. had sex with someone with terrible body odor you know like it depends on what you mean you mean like constant mm, or just like you know like they they shower most of the time but then you know like the, that time they didn't have the best of body odor like you know that's a good question i guess it depends on because if you're talking about like someone who just has habitually bad body odor all the time no i have never did that but you know if you're talking about like partners who like you know like they usually shower and they usually do what they're supposed to do, but like maybe they worked out and then they came home and we did what we was going to do. Then yeah, I might, then I'd say yes. So I guess it depends on how you interpret the question. That's true. Uh, I, I will say uh, same for me uh, after, I wouldn't say it was a workout, but. Oh no, it wasn't a workout for me. Either. <clears throat> I was, I but, but I will no. say I've had that experience before, but not not someone who has uh, habitual um, bad odor. But I would add, uh, most definitely, because, you know, fetishes and kink play, that doesn't discredit anyone who likes that kind of thing. Do um, you, the, do you, and enjoy it. What you like. <laughs> right. So, not to shame. That's just something that we have not done. But also something, something that, that I, I will not do ever. Like same. Um, but do y'all? I'm I'm here for it. I support you. Um, so here's that sex that's question. Oh, <laughs> no, she's still talking about the odor. I'm good. Yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> 
I'm done. So this question is, what clothes or accessories turn you on the most? What do you like to wear that makes you feel excited about undressing later? That sounds like two questions. So you don't have to repeat them one at a time. All right. So the first one, all of this, mm-hmm. same card. Just I know. No, I know. <laughs> just so you know. All right. So the, the first part is, what clothes or accessories turn you on the most? Like one of my partner? Or on yourself or, or on your partner? Um, I, I don't know. Like on me, I like to wear like lacy stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I, when I was a kid, not a kid, kid, but you know, a, you know, like teenager, right? Like I always liked the idea of like the women who show up in front of their significant others with nothing but like a really large overcoat on. I've never done that, but that's like something where I was like, you know what? I'd be sexy if I did that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I will so, say. Mm-hmm. So that's for me. For a partner, I don't know. I've never really had any partners who like try to like dress sexy for me. I guess if you're talking just like what I find attractive on TV, it's like usually like men in suits, well-groomed, lot, like a nice, if it's a black guy, you know, they got to have a nice lineup. You know, mm-hmm. like said, everything's got to be nice lineup. And then, like said, a suit or like khakis and a polo can be. Or you're talking about more smutty <laughs> when it's like the the strong, like the strong contractor guys and like cargo <laughs> pants and boots. <laughs> you got to be kind of muscular for that. Uh, no, that's, uh, that's, that's <laughs> the first part. I'm not judging, but no. Um, no, go to the cargo and boots. I, I can see it. I can see it, but you can't be like thick bony. You can't be bony. It won't work. True. And yeah. So you you saying that you want you a little a nice contractor. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that's attractive. It can be attractive. So construction worker. So if you out here got a whole construction worker's outfit, pull up. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> she might jump on it hallelujah that's not what i'm saying <laughs> i will say at least for myself i i have a thing for braces and glasses I, I just have a thing for metal earrings don't do it for me um nexus uh, probably if it's like a body chain oh my god body chains are like I sexy had, as hell i had a bad experience with the braces i know Wait, you had bad experience with braces and you don't know oh, braces. I never told you that story. No, I didn't have braces. Someone I kissed had braces. Did did the braces like nip your lip? No, it was weird. I was like, I don't think I'm gonna do this again. Lord. <laughs> I'm thinking like what, what is but that person was on? Like, that person was also pretty awful to me though. So uh, they were all pretty awful to me. That, Definitely, I will definitely say that might have had something to do with the turnoff. It was already, look, we were like 13th, 7th grade on a bus, we made out, it was awful. <laughs> and then he was an awful person on top of that. So, yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. I, I just, oh, you good. That's, that's hilarious. I'm just like, no. <laughs> well, they're, they're there for me. <laughs> right. So that's like, great for you. 
let me let me find a partner that's just going to uh, go out there and find like a, a loose retainer or some shit like you know purchase a retainer not just finding one but you know purchase a retainer come up in here full nerd outfit with the body chain oh my god oh that body chain is coming off all right, so if you own braces and a body chain, go find them. And glasses, and glasses. Oh, and glasses. The DMs are open for you. Uh, <laughs> and I, I know I uh, already brought up the fact that I am talking to someone. Like I said, a throuple can be a thing. So mm-hmm. we can figure that out when we figure that out. <laughs> so, Pull up the partner there. Look. And that's um, all was the second part of the question? So the second part is, what do you like to wear that makes you feel excited about undressing later? Oh, I already told you this. Lace so, outfits. Or, well... Oh, the coats. The heavy coats. Oh, yeah, the coats. But no, also, like, um, like, uh, Victoria... I mean, I know Victoria's Secret is pricey, and they don't have the best messaging about bodies, but I do like a lot of Victoria's Secret lingerie type stuff. Mm. Um, yeah. But... And you you don't have to air this crap point. Ladies, ladies, if you're gonna wear that, make sure it's coming straight off because you don't want it to mess up your lady parts. Mm. Just saying. Just a side note. Mm. Child, I will I will also add, do not purchase if you see it in the store, purchase it online because I recently found out. Cause I, I did, you know, I know people can do some nasty things, but I really did, did not know some women are actually out here trying on lingerie and putting it back on the racks. That's that's disgusting. That is oh, well, that okay? well, yes, but I will say now what you're supposed to do versus what women actually do is two different things. When you do that, you're supposed to try it on on top of what you're currently wearing. Mm-hmm. And you're also supposed, to, if you buy it, you're also supposed to go home and wash it before you wear it anyways. Facts. Now, the problem is some women don't do that. And a lot of people don't wash their clothes when they get home. I'm guilty of it. I don't always wash my new clothes when I get them. Nine times out of 10, I'm just going to rip the tag off and throw it on. But, but you know, like, so, and even purchasing it online doesn't necessarily guarantee that it's coming back safe. So really, best course of action is to wash it before you wear it. Good point. Good point. Uh, I will say same for me, huh? That's the same for men. Wash oh, it definitely. Um, for me, I don't think there's any item that I feel excited about undressing later. Um, because first and foremost, I don't like clothes. So, like, if I'm wearing something loose. I'm comfortable, so it's not something that I'm going to feel sexy with taking off. Uh, I guess, if anything, a robe would be the sexiest thing that I would take off uh, because I, you know, that scene from um, Bruce Almighty where, um, um, what's his name? What's his name? Uh, Not Ace Ventura. Um, That's not his name. What's the man's name? You know it? I don't. I haven't watched Bruce Almighty in who knows how long. It's the dude who plays Ace Ventura. I don't watch that show. The Mask. I do watch The Mask, but I still don't know the actor's name. I know who you're talking about now, but I don't know the name. Like, now I have to go on Google. Look uh, it up on Google. Uh, I feel so bad. I know somebody is, like, yelling at their, pod, their uh, phone right <laughs> now, like, 
It's sad. I literally pulled it up and I remember his name, Jim Carrey. Good God. Oh. <laughs> I didn't even yeah. I didn't even get to it yet. <laughs> Boy. Child was gonna be like dumb and dumber. Uh, like <laughs> he's on that. <laughs> oh my god, Jim Carrey. But you know, in Bruce Almighty, when Jim Carrey just throws down his clothes. Mm-hmm. I would do that shit with the robe. So I, I think that will be the most that I would do um, because if I'm wearing lace, I'm already feeling sexy, but I'm not trying to take that off. Like I want to keep it on. <laughs> I mean, I think I look sexy with it on or off. So I do get excited about taking it off because I'm like, look, you get to see me with my clothes on and you get to see me with in my sexiness with it off. Like I'm, look, when I tell you I got conceited, I just be like, aren't I just a blessing to look upon in any state? Naked and that's or where you point. need to be. You're right. That's, that's where you need to be. <laughs> I am the goddess, and you are just going to love me and how I look no matter what. <laughs> Look, when you are at that point, you just do not accept less from anybody. This is no, like, like mm-hmm. you don't gaze upon my beauty and awe. Look, <laughs> like that's been my like I, I you know I've been on self love for a very very long time, but you mm-hmm. know life happens. You uh, tend to forget imposter syndrome, all that foolishness and shit. You start to you know get impacted by this, but um. I'm back on that level where, you know, I do not accept le- less, but this, this brings me back to my uh, mantra for the year. Uh, I had to put it up. So uh, I think you even like this on, um, on Twitter, but it says my mantra for the year, I'm comfortable with being too much and too extra for those who cannot afford to be with me. I refuse to discount my excellence to provide comfort and validation to anyone or anything less than what I deserve. Mm-hmm. Preach. And that's where I need a lot of people to be. Because once you get to that point, you just be like, oh, you want me to make myself less than to make you feel comfortable because you cannot work hard enough to earn my presence? Guess what? There's somebody other out there that can actually afford my presence. So why am I stuck here with you? Make it work. That goes back to what we said. Either you're either going to elevate with me or I'm going to go somewhere else. Amen. And that's I, that on that. <laughs> yeah, throw it together or not at all. <laughs> so I will say that will be the perfect message to end this episode with. So uh, first off, thank you so much, Shalisa, for, you know, taking part in this episode. You are phenomenal. You're beautiful. And I love you so much. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> thank you all for listening to the Haliluki podcast, where we step out and talk about sexuality. Please like, share, subscribe, comment on our uh, YouTube channel. Link for that will be in the show notes and all that other greatness. Uh, Also link to Slater's Playhouse for those who are actually looking to have um, some coaching sessions with myself. Um, So yeah, outside of that, Jaleesa, do you have any last messages? Also remind people how they can reach you. You don't have to remind me this time, Brandon, I know. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) Okay, perfection. (laughs) (laughs) all right y'all can reach me again at www.thejsliving.com where you can pre-order my book the covenant of blood follow me on social media it's at the js living on all platforms twitter instagram facebook and even youtube yes 
So uh, I will not guarantee that information will be in the show notes because I'm lazy. A nigga just copies and paste. So <laughs> look, send me the info. I'll put it in there just for your episodes. Okay. Um, but other than that, thank you all so much for being here, being fans and just supporting the podcast. I love you all. You are all special. Stay for that message because it will be there for the suicide hotline information for anyone who feels though that they need that. Other than that, much love, much respect, and I will catch y'all next episode. Bye-bye. Bye. If you or someone you know and love are battling with thoughts of suicide, we ask that you reach out and talk to someone. You are not alone. I have battled with similar thoughts, so I understand how you are feeling in this moment. You are not weak. You are not a burden. You are a person with valid pain and experiences. You are loved. If you are in that headspace where you cannot see the brighter side of life or just wanting to end it all, please reach out to the Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. That's 1-800-273-8255. If you're not ready to talk on the phone or if you just prefer to text, the crisis text line can be reached by texting HOME to 741-741. Again, text HOME to 741-741. Thank you for listening to the Holiloquy podcast, and we hope you're still with us for our next episodes. Thank you for listening to the Holiloquy podcast, where we step out and speak on sexuality. You can subscribe to the podcast through your favorite podcasting app and find us on the web at www.holiloquy.com. That's www.h-e-a-u-x. L-I-L-O-Q-U-Y dot com. Share the podcast with your friends and join the conversation.